Hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. So delighted on this episode to be talking with someone who I can already tell is a master of ambiance. I'm getting the sort of the the diesel funk, the infinitum, um, post-apocalyptic sort of vibes here. Um, so delighted to be talking with comics creator, author, Tim Fielder. Tim, thank you for jumping on and talking with me. Thank you for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. I appreciate what you do in the world of comics. And I'll mention a couple of titles here at the beginning that I know you best for. One of those is Maddie's Rocket, which, uh, yep, <laughs> absolutely right over there, uh, takes on those lovely pulp dynamics and, and takes the story in some really cool and interesting directions as well. Um, and then Infinitum, that other one over there that I mentioned, an Afrofuturist tale. Yep. They they are surrounding you. All the books, all the books. Yes. Yeah, that's it. You know, everybody has to have a set in these days. I see your bookcase there. So, you know, I don't know. That, that is not an actual room. That is a projection behind. You. That's right. That's right. This is all smoke and mirrors. That's right. Okay. For me, I, I because I don't want to bob my computer down. I just said, well, let me just. And it used to be I was straight on, but now I have it to where my camera points down. It's more dynamic because you get that angle. Have things. And your audience feels more powerful as well. They feel more powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a unique angle. Uh, you know, I know we're like, well, we're supposed to be talking about comics, but let's be honest. Mm -hmm. We live in a world now where in order to have your comic break out, mm -hmm. this is the first world where there's not five people deciding which comic's going to break and which comic isn't going to break. Right, right. You know what I mean? You know, it used to be like that. You know what I mean? You know, you'd have to be at certain age, a certain ethnicity to even be nominated for an Eisner, let alone win one. Mm -hmm. But we live in a world now where there are people who are vastly more famous than those, you know, uh, artists that we're talking about, but no one in the comic books industry, uh, I'm, I'm it, 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 the superhero industry knows who they are because they're big on net uh, on webtoons. Yeah. So that's the world. So I, my theory going now is you have to be a combination of cartoonists and social media influencer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is where I'm at now. I love it. I love it. And I, I think there's great positives in that revolution, that movement, the openness for indie creators, um, and definitely there's been, as you mentioned, a lot of gatekeeping in terms of age, ethnicity, gender, uh, things of that nature. So really nice to be living oh, yes. in this time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious about this visual medium for you and what it allows you to do as a storyteller, because we've already hinted at some of the, the cinematography of the thing, sort of the Citizen Kane nature of the thing, but curious about what draws you to it. Well, I've always been drawn uh, to doing science fiction uh, with at the intersection of 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 uh, black culture, race mm -hmm. politics. Mm -hmm. It's always been just something I've done. You know, first I used to feel embarrassed. Man, that's all you spent your life doing. I don't see anyone complaining with Stephen King when they do that. You know, he spent his entire life writing horror. You know, with some, you know, detours here or there. Uh, so that's what I did. I, I I do Afrofuturism. I'm a visual Afrofuturist and a graphic novelist. Uh, comics has been the medium that I've worked with since I was a young boy. 
Um, even earlier than starting at Afro, as an Afrofuturist, I sort of figure around the 12, between the age of 12 and 14 is when I formally started as an Afrofuturist. I didn't know what it was at that time. Yeah. I just called it black sci-fi. Uh, but as comics, I mean, as young as seven, five, seven, I mean, I was drawing earlier. All of my siblings drew. And the two older ones did comics. So as a younger sibling, you didn't really have any, you know, choice to choose what your pastime would be. You know, it was, here's a paper, draw comics. So that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. A lot of family dynamics here. Lots of guests that come on that talk about the family dynamics of someone else in their family who shared comics with them. So a very cool thing. Um, you've mentioned Afrofuturism. So I'm going to jump here to, I think, um, the third question, and then we can sort of dovetail a little bit back. Um, so for listeners out there that are not as familiar with Afrofuturism, I think the first time it really struck me as a, an area, a genre or subgenre, um, was the film Black Panther, Ryan Coogler. I walked out of that film going, oh my gosh, what did I just watch? But that's right. been very recent um, yes. in the history of publishing and, and yes. film. So curious about what you would share with listeners who are um, not initiated into it. Well, I think uh, uh, while Afrofuturism as a term is only been in existence since 1993, uh, the 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 concept has been around for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. uh, if not thousands of years, but certainly within the kind of modern day construct we have now, going from Jim Crow, the post-civil rights, to, you know, I don't know if I agree with post-Black, but uh, those things are colored by the world we live in mm -hmm. as how race is 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 dealt with in the, in the present. So, Afrofuturism has always been about uh, being a person who is of color, engaging in this kind of speculative scenario mm -hmm. with agency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you your character will not be sacrificed so that the white character can have some kind of mandate to become Dirty Harry. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that, 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 that's not what the case. There would be no sacrificial lambs. There will be characters who, you know, the main character would escape the zombie apocalypse and not be shot down mm -hmm. by the sheriffs out the door shooting down zombies, but not understanding why is this zombie screaming, don't shoot, don't shoot, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much as, as I see it, how these things kind of parlay themselves together. So Afrofuturism uh has been around for a while, but in that mainstream context where it broke out into the public, you know, zeitgeist would definitely be 2018. Uh, <laughs> a little bit before there was excitement. You can tell with Civil War, that movie. Uh, but then with the triple, the double whammy of, of, of Get Out and Black Panther, that's when things changed. <laughs> uh, and I can say they changed for me uh, personally because all of a sudden uh it wasn't it, people were interested and not just audience members, but institutions were interested. And that was new. Mm -hmm. uh, I went, uh, I was by the uh, vice president's residence. Uh, recently I was invited to a gathering there where they were celebrating black visual artists, mostly all fine artists, obviously mm -hmm. uh, myself and my good friend, Eric Wilkerson were there where, you know, he's in the video game sector. I'm in the comic sector but we're Afrofuturists. 
And probably the first been in that environment, but I'm just bringing it up to state that uh, we're outside security and all of us are about to go in. And this one gentleman who was an art collector says, what do you do? And I had been asked that question about three times that evening. (laughs) What do you do? And I'm like, I'm a graphic novelist. Mm -hmm. Graphic novelist, what's that? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I do, uh, I, I, I make stories in visual form. Okay. What, what does that mean? Highfalutin comic books. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> what, what kind of, okay. So what kind of graphic novels do you make? Uh, uh, Afrofuturism, uh, things like that. A visual Afro. Oh, you're one of the Wakandas. Right, yes, right. I'm one of the Wakandas. Mm-hmm. And that's literally happened. That happened. That actually actually happened. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, aside from the other two, what do you do? I'm a graphic novelist. You know, so yes, that is um, what has occurred. That is what is happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm grateful to be in this space, doing it. Uh, it's a privilege to do it. Uh, I didn't think it would happen at all. Frankly, I could say, well, I didn't think it would take so long. No, I didn't think it would happen at all. Mm-hmm. Now that it has that people call you, know, I didn't contact you. You contacted me. That's Absolutely. new. That's new. Mm-hmm. That's new. And uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. And may it continue. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I love that you point out the the agency aspect of Afrofuturism because that's key. And I would also say to to listeners, there's there's a lot more going on in comics or graphic novels or whatever term you want to use than Wakanda. Wakanda's great, uh, but there are lots of things going on to explore and to to dig into, including Maddie's Rocket. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It, it's just, uh, and I had to mention this, I was in a panel in the, at the Smithsonian the other day, and someone, this question, variant, variations of this question and this theme keeps coming up. It's like, is there more than Black Panther? Mm-hmm. You know, And I get it, because when Black Panther broke, beyond the people who actually worked on the film, the vast majority of the people who were, who got most of the media attention, were directly involved with Black Panther. They were either involved with making the movie or they worked on the comics, mm-hmm. you know, or or the comic they were working on, the graph, the the novel they were working on was kind of slightly adjacent. It wasn't five people. Now it's 50 people mm-hmm. or going up to 100. So now that that's been, what, five, six years ago, now here we are in this kind of new world where people who've been around for years, I've been doing this, I'm 57 now. So I've been doing this literally since I was 12, 13 years old. So now people like me are being brought in. And of course, you know, on my end, it's about finishing the work, you know, and there was not that case for, for a long time before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting place to be in. And I mentioned that because there are so many Black independent uh, uh, operators who do kind of Afrofuturist concepts. Mm-hmm. One of the, uh, the folks who who I, I, I don't mention enough is Jason Reeves, who does uh, One Nation with 133 Art uh, 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 Project. Uh, it's, it's just interesting. It's, he has so many different types of characters and he can draw. He's a really, really amazing illustrator. So uh, And uh, manufactures his own comics. A lot of people don't know that. He prints his own comics in his own print shop. And because he does that, he prints a lot of other independent creative stuff. So cool. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, someone that has their talents in the illustrating and the creating the storytelling, but also that side of it. That's a, that's a great combination. He is really a triple threat. Yeah. Jason, I can put you in contact with him, but uh, he's a triple threat. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. Would love to talk to him. Um, but I, I'll also say, I love the way you weave history in talking about Jim Crow, talking about those movements in history. And I think that's part of the power of uh, Maddie's Rocket and really considering like the way things kind of get to be viewed through science fiction, because I feel like that's part of that futurism is we're talking about the future, but we're also talking about right now and what's been and what's to come, hopefully, or what we hope is not to come. Yeah, well, the, the the nature of science fiction in general is you're dealing with issues through a certain level uh, or of more or less extremes of proxy. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You, you can't really, you know, deal with the true depths of slavery easily. Mm-hmm. So let's just make them aliens who are enslaved, <laughs> you know, or put it on another planet, you know, that type of thing. That's all it is, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I do this type of work because that's just part of my charge to do it. You know, I don't, it's not that I don't want to do period work. I do. I love it, but I'm doing it because it has to be done. That work was never done over the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Certainly not visually. So it's my job to do that so that no one has to start from scratch. This is not to say there won't be other uh, period-based sci- black science fiction that come along, mm-hmm. but it 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 we want to start getting rid of the first the first plural <laughs> as quickly as possible and as efficient right. as possible. So that's yeah. part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I'm happy to say I'll be working on something contemporary very soon. Thank God. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I was going to ask about the future projects and and all of those things as well. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. What's up? Oh, just making sure I had a pop up, but I'll I'll chop that part. Um, I did not see the pop up. So, <laughs> great, great. Um, so curious about in particular the kind of the pulp style that you bring and um, the attraction that you have to that sort of look and feel. Yeah, you know, thank you for asking me that question. I don't get to talk about it enough. I mean, I do mention Ralph McQuarrie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie is one of the greatest artists period uh, whoever lived ever lived uh, and you know again some of yours like who the hell is ralph mcquarrie <laughs> well ralph mcquarrie designed star wars he designed the look the vibe i mean alone with two I, I think not quite as big an impact but just as influential uh as joe johnston and and uh john barry late john barry was a concept uh was a production designer on Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and Joe Johnson, who would go on to do um was Jurassic Park three and mm-hmm. what else did he do? Uh, Captain he did, uh, America. Captain America, the first Avenger. He did uh the the, the Rocketeer movie. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't realize Joe Johnson's one of the baddest concept designers who's ever lived. You know, he worked for ILM for years. Mm-hmm. Which leads me back to Ralph McQuarrie. Mm-hmm. Ralph McQuarrie I think I would consider his only equivalent, true equivalent, to be Ron Cobb. Who, who, if you take Ron Cobb out, you don't have Alien. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Sid Mead, 
If you don't, if you don't have Sid B, you don't have Blade Runner and Aliens. You know, but but Ralph McQuarrie, who was a contemporary of Sid Mead, uh, just he just changed the game. Movies were not even made the same way uh-huh. till he came along and designed it. Uh, and he had such an influential effect on me in the seventies that I began to try to mimic his style. Him and Mobius. Had a tremendous Mobius as well, but Mobius was different. Mobius was just very much more eccentric. But you're asking about the pulp style. So, three PO was designed by Ralph McQuarrie, Ralph McQuarrie. Uh-huh. and that was an offshoot of Maria from Fritz Lang's Metropolis, the Maria uh-huh. Golden Robot, and uh, you know Metropolis is a brilliant movie. There ain't no black people there, man. What happened? What happened True. to all the black people in Metropolis? And what did you? <laughs> where are they? Are they? Are they living in one building? Are they? Are they around? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my parents, my dad was born in 1934. My mom was born in 1938. Uh, I did. I was like, it's you know, Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon was out. Where the black people at, man? There mm-hmm. are no black people there. So I love pulp stuff. I love uh, Hal Foster, Alex Raymond. I love those cartoonists. Mm-hmm. I love the work they did. They had such a tremendous influence on me. But there are no black people there, right? Right, right. So my intent was, you know what? I'm going to do a pulp story that would, if in a different world, my mom and dad had the opportunity in the 30s to okay. see people that look like them in a kind of a science fiction Buck Rogers Flash Gordon thing, this is what it would be. Awesome, yeah. And I love, I love Doc Savage. I love James Bomber with his Doc Savage covers, with the Steve Holland covers. I love that stuff. Uh-huh. But there are no black people in it. So yeah. my job is to 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 fill in the missing gaps, the missing DNA, if you will. Uh, that's my job, and. Uh, I, I I have at times thought, man, I'm making some ground. I will not be able to finish everything I'm trying to do. Yeah. 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 Um, so with that in mind, just thinking about this sort of uh, breaking open of Afrofuturism, the kind of more widespread popularity and attention, um, any words about or ideas about the next generation coming up any you mentioned jason reeves any um folks that are coming along that you would want to give a shout out to as the stories continue to be told well i i i have mentioned a lot of the others i mentioned the the greg anderson elay sage and those mm-hmm. that that group but if i could just mention i mentioned jason reeves in 133 art i mentioned victor dandridge uh tj mm-hmm. sterling that group uh, there are just so many. And in fact, it's like, you know, if you really want an unending legion of artists to interview that have produced comics consistently, you know, over the years now, they, they got a little they got a little blood underneath the fingernails. Now they got some mileage on them. Mm-hmm. I could connect you with people who would be able to put you in contact with them. But uh, there's just so many. And. You know, I'm trying to figure out a way to say 
I don't know all of them. Yeah, I know yeah. their faces, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I can, yeah, where does Robert Rose, but Robert's my age, you know, uh, it's just a lot. It's a lot of people that have been doing this game, you know, and I'm going to take a moment. There's this guy named Machindo, who is this brilliant, brilliant uh, uh, concept designer, comic book artist. I mean, he's, he really specializes in the visual stuff, and he's been in the game for a lo as long as, long, as, long as I have. Mm -hmm. And and for a period, I guess it was certainly done more that's been publicly featured. But I'm not seeing enough of a mention of him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the media's fault, but it doesn't matter. But I'm just going to take a moment here to say this guy, if he ever sees this interview, mm -hmm. it's brilliant. And uh, the world would be made better if he were seen and his work was seen more. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if this will get well I mean I don't even really care I was about to say I don't know if this will get me in trouble but I don't care it's just it's 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 time yeah. you know Richard Roundtree just passed away mm -hmm. last today yeah you know it's gonna end all of this is gonna end everybody that we see is gonna eventually be worm food mm -hmm. yeah, let's get to it let's get to it alright enough of that but I, I just had to say that yeah, yeah. Give give us the name one more time so folks can check. Today's it out. is Machindo. Machindo. Uh, M S H I N D O. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm glad to share that. And so, what do you hope readers, as they're exploring these worlds you're creating, um, what do you hope readers kind of take away from them? And that is a a loaded question because I know it has a a million implications, but. Um, just something that you're resonating with, exploring that uh, you really want to share. Right. Well, you you answered, you asked those questions earlier, and that was the answer that resonated with me more. You know, at the end of the day, you just wanted to be compelling entertainment. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mm -hmm. got my views of the world, and I have what I hope they take from But you just hope, please don't be bored. Right, right. Don't be <laughs> bored. You can hate it. You can love it. But I'm hoping that they won't be disinterested. Mm -hmm. That's the kiss of death. And not to say that I haven't created work that people could be disinterested in. I'm just simply saying that comics is a medium that's just as uh, dex dexterous. I don't know if the word is that the right mm -hmm. word. As film, as animation, as live action film, as novels. Uh, and uh, I would say, you know, separate from the Afrofuturist modality, just as in a general sense, uh, we have to begin to expand. When I say we, I'm not talking about you guys. I think there's a there is a, a overabundance of comics journalists out there, mm -hmm. uh, whether they be in the academic space or be in the you know fan fandom space. There's just not a shortage of comic blogs and vlogs. They're, they're just out there. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, hell, I, even I got one. It's not comics per se. It's just me doing portraits. But in the next week or so, I'm now going to start introducing my recorded sessions where I'm showing how I work. Right, right. be done. But that's what I'm talking about. There has to be more. I would love to see the industry. You know, people talk about the big two Marvel and DC, but it's like, yeah, big two compared to what? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's big two compared to the superhero comic book industry. But 
much bigger than those are the graphic novel industry. Mm-hmm. Much bigger. They make more money, you know, the what comic book industry, give or take one billion a year. Mm-hmm. The trade industry, 26, 27 billion dollars per year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you could just do the math and see that comics, the comics industry needs to engage in a more got milk mentality. You know what I mean? He said, you know, the other white meat. I know some people are like, what is he talking about? (laughs) For the audience, it's like there was a point where milk, people were stopping drinking milk. They were not drinking milk anymore. It was starting to go down. So in the 80s, the milk industry, all of the dairy providers got together and created a campaign called Got Milk. Mm-hmm. And they got people like um, uh, mo- fashion models. Uh, I remember Nail and Camel doing one mm-hmm. to basically go around with a little bit of milk in their top lip. Mm-hmm. Elmo, they, Elmo had the milk. Elmo head. had it. And they brought <laughs> milk back into good standing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pork, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, was having an issue. You know, uh, or was it chicken was having an issue? Maybe pork was having an issue. And they literally came up a camp- with a campaign called The Other White Meat. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's comics needs to do that. I think I think comics, it's the first time I've ever answered that the, that sort of question. That way. It's I like that. Comics, the entirety of comics. I know some people, oh, you can't change the ethnicity of these characters. And it's like... Yeah, you could, you couldn't, but (laughs) I think we have more serious problems than that. Uh Yeah, our our problem is our our industry. If you're talking about superhero comics, is aging rapidly. Uh You know, everybody is in their 40s and to 60s. They're older. They're not young, young, young. My, you know, my sons, the youngest reads comics. But that's because I'm a comic book artist and I made them read comics. <laughs> you, know I mean? you, you know what I'm saying? But not all kids do that. The vast majority of their, most of their comic reading comes from webtoons. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. I'm trying to think of like a slogan here that could fit with comics, but that's probably somebody else's job. Oh, and... it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. Got comics. Got comics. Where's the comics? Where's the comics? That's the point. That's the <laughs> whole thing. Got comics? Sure. You see what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like if you designed a campaign where you reached out, and I encourage you to do it. Take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> I encourage you to contact 200 cartoonists mm-hmm. in accordance with your school. Which, what's your school again? What's your school? Uh, Wilk Central. Wilk Central High Wilk School. Wilk Central. Connect with the Billy Ireland Museum mm-hmm. and propose a concept where artists will literally talk and say, got comics to the video camp. There you are. And they show their comic. And d- d- keep it to 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Keep it to 30 seconds. And in fact, it needs to be more than 100. It needs to be about 1,000 cartoonists. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But basically, your job is to look in the camera and say, got comics? Here's my comic, Maddie's Rocket. Mm-hmm. You can find mm-hmm. it here, here, here. 30 seconds, you send it into one place, and basically there'll be a social media campaign. Like you just it. send that out every day. And you're not trying to make a profit, you're just trying to affect 
the medium of comics. Mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. fact, <laughs> are you going to kick this off? Say it, say it, say it, and go. Action. No, you're supposed to say got comics. Oh, and okay. Go. Let me try again. All right. Go. Got comics? Yes, I do. Maddie's Rocket. This is my comic from Diesel Funk Studios. My name is Tim Filder. Go to www.dieselfunk.com. D-I-E-S-E-L-F-U-N-K. Peace. See? Now, if you seconds. got that from 1,000 comic book artists from all backgrounds, genders, persuasions, they can be liberal, progressive, conservative. It doesn't matter. Just mm -hmm. got them to say that into their iPhone with their project, but you got to be 30 seconds or less. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I feel you called to this. That, you understand what I'm saying? You sent mm -hmm. that out. One, maybe you're scooted up. You know, Billy Ireland is cool. Yeah, I love him. But mm -hmm. I'm just saying, okay, you got to get your thing. You Hopefully you got tenure. I don't know if you have tenure, right? But, but <laughs> something like that is so revolutionary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just think what would happen if you had one cartoon going out one clip 30 uh -huh. seconds every day got comics uh -huh, uh -huh. for a thousand days for for one thousand days uh -huh. what kind of effect do you think that would have you know i think people would start to see that comics is maybe not just that one thing they th that they thought it was exactly uh -huh. so uh, 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 Jason, I am encouraging you to take this project on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No one else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to be willing to do the blood work, the dirty work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, I always think about Greg Preston. I think this is that he's the guy who takes a picture of all the artist studios. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's Greg Preston. I think it's Greg Preston. I reached out to him once. Eventually, I want I would like for him to come in, but I got to clean this place up, you know, before I do that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, something like that, I would love to see that. That would be cool. That would be cool. That might be a reason for me to get on TikTok. If you do that, if you do that, I will work with you to do that. Okay. I'm sitting up here thinking to myself, okay, so you're going to dump all this stuff in this guy's lap. <laughs> and just not do anything. It's like I can reach people on mm -hmm. my end and say, look, this is what I need you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to point a camera to yourself with your comic and mm -hmm. just do that. And nobody's getting paid. There's nah. no objective. You're not getting paid. You're not trying to to one up anybody or whatever. All you're doing is saying, got comics. State your name, what your comic is, and where it can be found. Mm -hmm. And send it to this specific location. And every day, and it, actually, if you got a thousand cartoonists, basically what would happen is you could do multiple campaigns a day. And what it would do, because of the sheer volume, mm -hmm. it would change the public's perception of comics. Yeah. But yeah. no, none of the old heads, are, are they're not thinking that way. They, they're thinking, you know, I get it. I get it. I'm old head now. Just want to have your hair in my head. That's how old I am. But yeah, that's, that's not only sounds like fun, that seems like something that 
I'm sorry. This is we totally going. This interview oh, has gone off good. the rails, like folks. It's like we were just talking about Afrofuturism and the magnificent of comics. I'm just saying, I'm tired of seeing cartoonists who are in their 70s and 80s at these conventions. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that they're having difficulty financially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, they can't necessarily pay the bills, but they're hoping they can sell some pages. Yes. Just to make ends meet or to pay their their, their, their medical bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is the public needs to become aware yeah. of the medium first. We got to do a got milk equivalent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as we're coming to... Uh time and i i want to respect your time any next creative steps next journeys that you're thinking about creatively you said you have more uh vision than you have time for so just curious about what's on the horizon yeah Yeah. uh maddie's rocket two and three i'm working on awesome awesome yeah i feel like that entire series if i can get it done over the next you know five to ten years will be about somewhere between six to eight books Mm-hmm. Great, great. Um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, do a Mercedes with the Valerian. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll do 20, 26 books, but that was pretty much looked like most of all he, all that he did. I have other yeah. interests in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be doing the sequel to Infinitum eventually. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I am uh, presently working on an adaptation of W.E.B. Du Bois's The Comet. The short story awesome. that he did in 1920, science fiction story, and I'll be done with that uh, by you know late January, uh, with the intention of showing that uh, to um, to um, um, to um, uh, during the Carnegie Hall Weimar Republic Festival. Awesome. Uh, let's see what else is am I working on? I'm working on my first middle grade series, which I can't go into. Uh, thank God, because you know I got to get it. You know, first I was like, man, I'm doing all these adult graphic novels. I mean, whether it was you know epic science fiction, you know, I've done it. Most people are like, man, I want to do an epic science. Fiction. I want to do something that's epic. Yeah, I already did that. Right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna continue to do it, but I, I got to get into some of this middle grade. Uh, 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 what is it? Hotness is what I'm so man, man, the middle grade space is really hot. So I'm doing that. I got two projects I'm working on that. One in particular, I think will will probably come first. I'm going to be doing a graphic biography of my late cousin Ralph Boston, the Olympic long jumper who beat Jesse Owens record. Uh, he oh, passed away and I uh myself uh and my twin brother promised him on his deathbed we would finish a documentary on him wow uh and i told him i would finish the graphic novel so i have to finish that uh what else is there uh movies i have an identical twin brother we will be finishing the first season of our tv show in the next few days it's been going on for a while now trying to hit everything but we got to get it in in the next few weeks uh, documentary film called Black Metropolis on my career, great, uh, great. which is, you know, we've worked on it the last, you know, two years and it's almost done with new updated interviews and things like that. Uh, next month in November, I'm releasing along with my good friend, uh, Dr. Walter Grayson, uh, the graphic history of hip hop, which is a 24 page comic. That is uh, put together by the New York City Department of Education and their 
uh, a civics for all group, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy. Uh, my uh, catchphrase is I have been drowning in rappers now for the last five months. Yeah, and got to draw a drown more because we just got the green light to start on issue two. And that'll be released in conjunction with New York City. The mayor will be uh, showcasing that comic in con- uh, in concordance with November being ordained as hip hop month for New York City. So that's going to be big because 100,000 copies are going to be distributed to city schools. Fantastic. I have never had 100,000 copies of anything. Mm. <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. Honestly, is there anything else? Uh, Carnegie Hall's festival coming up. My <laughs> artwork will be on display f- from January to May. I'm still in the Smithsonian uh, uh, Afrofuturism show. That one there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, History of Black Futures. I mean, that show has started open in May of this year. It was supposed to have gone to May of next year, but now they've extended it to June of next year. So, uh, and I've now started working with the Smithsonian doing workshops. So my life has utterly changed over the last two years. I think that covered most of everything. You are, you are busy and enterprising yeah. man. And I'm glad that your voice is out in the world and glad that you're making the things that you are. We'll never finish. Well, we will finish. There'll come a point where we say we're done, but it will never really be finished. Yeah, yeah. And then hopefully somebody else takes it on and carries it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for your time. Uh, I appreciate the challenge. I think this is this is the first podcast I've done where I've been given uh, sort of a mantle of challenge. So I oh, love I'm it. sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that to you. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I love it. It works. Okay. It's, it's well, got totally comics. In with that. That's your that's your new end phrase. Got comics. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So here it goes. Are you ready? Yes. Got comics. There you go. <laughs>